Good morning. It's good to be with you as we gather for True Life Church online. And I want to say a special welcome to those of you maybe joining us for the first time. We're glad that you are here, glad that you are joining with us as we are able to worship in various homes across our city, state, country, maybe even world. And we're thankful to be able to have this time together. Before we jump in, I want to let you know that on June 28th, two weeks from now, we will be meeting for an outdoor service as churches in our state begin uh, to be able to meet again and gather. We are making plans uh, for what that is going to look like, but we know at least that on June 28th, we will be having an outdoor service. So for those of you that are local, we would love to see you there and you can find more information about that on our website. Well, before we jump into our sermon today, I want to pray for us as we begin a new series. So, Father, I ask that you would open each of our hearts. We don't believe that it's an accident for anybody that's listening right now, for anyone watching right now. We believe that you brought everybody's attention here, that you um, want to speak to us. You want our hearts to receive your word. And so I ask that you would help me to be a part of that. You would help me to speak your word. And I ask that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, that you would bring comfort, conviction, guidance in all the different things that we face in our life. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, as I said, we are starting a new series today, and we will be going through the Psalms in the Bible. And I'm really looking forward to that because we have so many twists and turns in life, so many ups and downs and you know, in 2020, there's been so many uh, curveballs that have been thrown at us that you didn't expect that this was going to happen. You didn't expect that this was going to happen. And, and, you know, maybe 2020 is a microcosm of really what life is, which is just so many different twists and turns in life. On the, on the journey of life, on the road of life, there's just a lot of unexpected things and a lot of different emotions. There's highs and there's lows. There's things that are celebratory and things that are sad. And, and we have so many different things and we're not all uh, experiencing the same things at the same time. But one of the things that we need is we need words to go along with the different emotions and the different experiences that we have. Sometimes we feel at a loss for words and that's true when things are hard and it's true when things are good. Sometimes maybe if you think about a relationship where you love someone so deeply and you say something like, man, I, I love you, but that doesn't feel like even enough to say. And so there's poetry written or when things are really hard, most of the time we, we feel like, man, I need, I need some words besides just this is hard. Uh, and, and not even just words, but we need a, a soundtrack really for for our life, for the experiences that we have. And, and you have this. If you go through a breakup, there's certain songs that are like, man, that's my soundtrack for this. If you go on a road trip, there's certain songs that you listen to and on the road again or whatever it is that you're like, man, I need a soundtrack for this experience. I need a soundtrack for these emotions that I have. I need a soundtrack for the good things and the hard things. And really, the Psalms is that. It's a collection of 150 different songs that God has given to us to be the soundtrack for our life that help us, that help us share our heart in the good and the bad and the ugly. It helps us to share our heart with God. It helps us to, therefore, in the highs and lows, wherever we are in the journey of life, it helps us to connect with God. It's such a beautiful book that he has given to us. We intuitively know that we need a soundtrack for life. And God has said, let me help you with that. Let me give you a soundtrack that allows you not just to 
have different emotions, but to bring all of those emotions to me. And I think there's no greater need in our life, whatever we're going through, whether it's the best time of our life or the hardest time of our life, whether it's birth or death, whether it is suffering or celebration, what we need is to be able to connect with God in those moments. And the Psalms is one of the greatest resources, one of the greatest gifts that he has given to us for that. So we are going to be having a series going through the several uh, major types of Psalms that are in this collection. And to begin with, we're going to start with the, the songs and the Psalms that give us voice, that give word to when life is difficult. So just think, even now, what do you do when life is hard? And maybe that's not hard for you to think about. Maybe that is happening right now. And whether that's in our world, in our country, in our city, or just personally in your life, what do you do when life is hard? What do you do when you look around and, and the main experience, the main emotion, the main um, just way you would describe life is it's hard right now. What do you do when that is the case? And lament is the type of psalm that turns our pain into prayer. Lament are the psalms that are written to give voice to the pain that we have. They're, they're written to give voice to the hurt, the sorrow, the suffering, the looking around at the world and saying, this isn't right. This isn't how it should be, whether that's individually or communally, whether it's um, in your heart or what you experience in society at large. Lament is the type of psalm that helps us to turn our pain into prayer. And interestingly, it's the largest category of psalm in the Bible. About a third of the psalms are psalms of lament. And that very fact alone should help us to see that it really is God's invitation to say, yeah, I know that life is hard. I know that you experience pain. And I know oftentimes, maybe just like the Psalms, that might be a third of your life. And I want to help you connect with me in that. I want to give voice to that, give music <clears throat> to that. He wants us, he wants to help us know how to experience him in the middle of all that. The fact that a third of the Psalms are like that means he cares about those things in our hearts, in our lives. And almost all of the lament Psalms have some sort of movement. They have a movement that begins with, here's the pain, here's the problems, and moves eventually to faith. And really, as we learn to read the laments, as we learn to pray, the laments, we also then can learn to move in our life through lamenting from pain to prayer, from, from hurt to hope, from fear to faith. We can, we can learn to move. And this is why the laments are such a great gift for us. And as I said, this is a, a third of the Psalms, but we're just going to be looking at one of these that is in some ways representative of all of them and can help us learn to lament. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through this psalm together, Psalm 13, and I'm going to go through each of the sections and then stop and give you a chance to pray the actual kind of section that we look at together. So this is going to be a little bit of a workshop in some ways and ask you to participate in that. Um, so here we go. We're going to read Psalm 13 and we won't read the whole thing. We'll just kind of read the section by section and then stop to pray. And the first part will be uh, quick, but there's four different things that we'll look at in this 
psalm. Here's how it starts. How long, Lord? How long, Lord? Now, just that. Just that little statement right there says this. That in our lament, in our pain, we should come to God. He isn't just by himself saying, man, life sucks and this is awful and just kind of brooding. How long, Lord? And we'll get into the pain of this psalm and what it helps us. But just that very beginning says, in our pain, we come to God. What's hard for you right now? What pain are you feeling in life right now? I know it can be a variety of things. And there's many places that we can go to. We can go to escape. We can go to Netflix. We can go to alcohol. We can go to our friends. We can go to the outdoors. We can go to ice cream. I mean, and I'm not saying all those things are bad to do, but there's many places that we can go to. There's many things that we can do. We can plan and uh, distract ourselves and we can try to just push through. We can hunker down. There's all sorts of things, but lament, the first act of faith that lament has is simply to come to God. Is that what you are doing in your pain? Is that what you normally do in your pain? We are not made to go through life alone. We're not made to go through life alone, and we're certainly not made to go through difficulty alone. Whatever you are facing, listen to me, whatever you're facing, you can't do it by yourself. With your own strength, with your own wisdom, with your own gifting, with your own love, with your own emotions, with your own, with your own resources. You cannot do it alone. And lament begins with, how long, Lord? Which means a person coming to God. So, so here's what I want to do. I want you to just take a minute, maybe 30 seconds, and just pray. And really, you're just in this saying to God, here I am. You can tell him, you know, this is hard or here's some pain in my life. You don't have to get all into it right now, but just say, here I am, God. Okay, so I want to give you a moment to do that. Now, the second thing we see in lament is that the person brings their heart to God in honesty. They don't just go into prayer mode. They don't just say, dear Lord and oh, Father in heaven, and just kind of start going into prayer mode. And if you know what I mean, if you're a Christian and you've been around, especially other Christians as they're praying, so many times we just go into prayer mode and, and we're not even really thinking about it. We're not really uh, bringing our heart to God. But what lament does is pours out one's heart to God. It brings in all of its honesty, in all of its pain, in all of its sorrow, in all of its grief, in all of its confusion, in all of its weariness, in all of, of all of it, and says, here it is, God. So let's read this next part. He says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? 
four different times he says, how long, how long, how long, how long, in a short little period. And if you think about that, that is the voice, and maybe you have felt this, that is the voice of being tired. How long? That is the voice of being weary. How long? That is the voice of someone who has endured something for a long time. It's not just one little point of pain. It's not, I just have a headache. It's, I've lived with headaches. It's not just, I had a rough conversation with my spouse. It's, my marriage is hurting. How long? It is the voice of someone that has felt like they've tried everything. It's the voice of someone who has felt like they've exhausted all of their options and all of their energy and all of their resources. And they say, how long? How long, Lord? And maybe you have felt this. Maybe this is how you feel now. Maybe you have said this. Maybe you are saying this. Maybe you have experienced this. Maybe you are in the middle of this right now where you say, God, how long? How long am I going to be without work? How long is this pandemic going to go on? How long am I going to be lonely and without friends? How long am I going to be stuck in this sin that I feel like I can't break free from the bondage of? How long is my marriage going to be hurting? How long is my relationship with my kids not going to be what I wanted it to be? How long are my kids going to be like this? How long am I going to have this sickness? How long in my body is my body going to be feeling this pain? How long are we going to be experiencing this infertility? How long am I going to battle this anxiety and these thoughts in my heart, in my mind? How long am I going to feel Satan's temptation everywhere I go and everywhere I turn? How long is my work going to be so difficult with so many problems, with so many coworkers or my boss? How long is it going to be like this? How long? How long am I going to be single, God? I, I want to be married. How long are the friendships that I have going to keep falling apart? How long is my life going to be unstable, kind of moving from one place to another place? How long, God, is our world going to experience the injustice that hurts my heart, that I face, that I feel? How long? See, there's so many things that we can feel this with, that we bring to God and notice how he actually moves through three different areas where he is asking how long. He asks God, how long, God, how, how long will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Now, David, who is writing this psalm, knows that God has not forgotten him. He is not a, a theological idiot. He knows that God has not actually turned his back on him and walked away. But this is what he is feeling. There is a difference from the facts we know and the feelings that we experience. And, and you know this, right? We often even talk about a disconnect between our head and our heart. That there's things that we know are true, but it's not what we are feeling in that moment. And maybe you feel forgotten by God. You wonder, God, how is it that you're blessing that person? How is it you're taking care of that person? But God, what about me? Have you forgotten me? Do you not see me? And that's kind of the, the language of someone's face being turned, that they've left the room. Maybe in your life it feels like, God, have you 
left the room. I mean, I've, I've prayed these prayers. Are you, are you not seeing me? Because I, I can't see you right now. And sometimes we wonder how long with God. But not just with God, he then moves to saying, how long with myself? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? Maybe you feel that. God, how long am I going to have all these thoughts running in my mind and so many sleepless nights and it's stored up within me? That's how anxiety often is, that we feel it in our body. We feel it maybe in our stomachs. We feel it in our our heads, we feel it in our, our shoulders and our neck, it's, it, we feel it in our eyes, maybe you get an eye twitch, and you feel it in your hands, maybe you feel tremors, you feel it in your, your respiratory system, your breath is short, and you, you feel it stored up within me. And he says, how long is that going to be the case? And then, so it goes from God, and goes from himself, and then to others, how long will my enemies dominate me? How long how long, God, am I going to feel disconnect with you? How long am I going to feel this problems in myself? And how long is it, the circumstance, going to be like this? Often with other people, like, like he says, how long are they going to be dominating me? How long am I going to experience pain from them, from this, from them collectively? How long, God, will I feel the pain from them? And we often feel that people are, and not just feel, but it often is the case, that people are against us. And that can be in a marriage, it can be with children, it can be uh, with coworkers, with employers, with employees. It, it, it can be all, it can be our country, our world systems that we feel, how long is it going to be like this? Are they going to be causing suffering for me? Now, here's what this means. So lament first comes to God. Second, lament brings our heart in all of its honesty to God whether it's about him, whether it's about ourselves, whether it's about others. And what this means is God wants your whole self coming to him. He doesn't want you to feel like you have to hold anything back. There's no unsafe emotions with God. He wants you to bring your whole self to him. He wants your mess. He wants your confusion. He wants your pain. Sometimes when I encourage people to pray, I encourage them even to come to God and say, God, I don't want to talk to you. But even that is actually an act of faith because it's coming to him knowing he's okay to hear that. He's okay. He wants us to bring all of ourselves to him. Maybe you have a friend like this. And don't we all love friends like this? That we can actually just be unguarded and and lay out everything before them and not be worried that all of a sudden they're going to turn against us or cancel us or whatever it might be, that we can be unfiltered before them. That is what God is inviting us to, to come to him and lay our heart honestly, whatever condition it is in, honestly before him. Lament doesn't have to pretend. Lament doesn't have to hide. Lament doesn't have to pretty and polish things up. It shares the hurt, the pain, the questions, the doubts, the confusions, all of it, and brings it to God. This is what lament does. So I want to give you an opportunity now to pray and to say to God, how long? Whatever that might be with, how long? Be honest with him. You can say this, God, how long? Or you can say, or and you can say, God, it feels like this. 
And maybe you, David can help us to think about what it feels like with him. Say, God, how long this with you? God, how long this with me? And God, how long this with the circumstance around me? So I want to give you some time and just ask you to pray that even now to God. The third thing that lament does is now comes to God and asks him to intervene in the situation. As you have shared your heart with God and, and you have said, here's the things and how long, God, now laments is asking God to enter into that. It's asking God to be a part of that. We have all of our pain and all of our emotion and all of our fear and all of our hurt and all of our knowing and longing that this isn't right whether that's in us or in the things around us that we see and and we say god come into that and so here's what david says next consider me and answer lord my god restore brightness to my eyes otherwise i will sleep in death my enemy will say i have triumphed over him and my foes will rejoice because i am shaken so he comes to god and and he says, consider me and answer, Lord, my God. In the middle of your pain, what are you asking? In the middle of your hurt, are you asking? In the middle of the stuff where you say, God, how long? What is it that you need? What is it that you want to see? What is it that you want to happen? David comes, and, and it's interesting, he doesn't pour out a laundry list of, God, I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, and I want you to do this. And I'm not saying that's not, that that's bad. It is good to actually ask God for specific things and to say, God, would you do this in my life? And would you do this in my life? Especially if our hearts and minds have been shaped by his word, so we know the things that we are asking are not just our desires, but they're really in line with God's desires. But David, in this moment, actually doesn't ask God to do a bunch of things. He doesn't give him this, this list of, will you do this and this and this? It isn't super specific. Rather, what he's asking God to do is, God, look at me. God, will you consider me? God, will you see me now? And really, that is an act of entrusting yourself to God. Because if I say, God, I've got all this pain, will you look at me? Will you consider me, which consider is to think about and to, to see, but to consider and to feel and think about that person, God? Will you be considerate, we could say? Will you be considerate to me? He's entrusting himself to God, knowing that if God is good and he believes that he is, that if God would look at him and consider him, then God will know what to do. He's taking all of the stuff, because sometimes we don't know what to ask, right? Sometimes it's great to ask specific things to God, but sometimes we don't know. We're just feeling this pain in our bodies and, and around us and in the world and, and even distance from God. We don't know. So all, all we can really say is, God, will you just see what I'm going through right now? 
Will you look at what I'm experiencing right now? And, and, and the only specific thing that he asks, which is in itself broad, is he says, restore brightness to my eyes. Restore brightness to my eyes. And this is illustrative. It's it's not, um, you know, he's not literally asking that God would make his eyes brighter in some sort of weird Instagram filter. He's, he's asking God to do, um, well, we, use this, we use this language also if you think about a, a few things. Sometimes we talk about someone having a, a twinkle in their eye and we mean that, you know, they've got joy and man, they've, they're inspired or they've, they, they, they have some sort of um, lightness to them. Or sometimes we talk about the eyes with uh, like, uh, you're, you're about ready to conquer something like the eye of the tiger or he had fire in his eyes or she, you know, she had this ferocity in her eyes and her eyes were fierce. And, and we talk about the eyes having this fire in them, which means a, a passion and um, a, an inspiration. Or sometimes when, when people um, are in love, we talk about, man, when she walked in the room or when he walked in the room, your eyes just lit up. And we talk about that language, and, and really that's what David is saying. He's, he's being poetic, saying, God, do that. Restore brightness to my eyes once again. Let my eyes have a twinkle. Let them have a fire. Let them have a, a joy. Let them, have, let them light up. God, restore brightness to my eyes. He's not bringing God a laundry list of things. Rather, he's asking God to look at him and trusting God will know what to do and asking God to bring about an internal change. Not just external things, yes, and I'm not, again, hear me, I'm not saying we shouldn't pray God to do external things, we, we should, but he's asking God, restore brightness to my eyes. Restore joy and passion and, and care and love and, and lightness instead of weariness and hope instead of, instead of hurt. God, restore brightness to my eyes. This is what he asks God to do. The key is he's coming to God and asking saying, I need you. I need you. How long, how long, how long? I need you. I know only you can restore. I know if you would consider me, things would be different. He's saying, I know I need you. He's saying, God, here's all of my trouble. Just, you know, all my chips on the table, sliding them towards you and saying, God, I know I need you you. Here's all of my trouble. And I'm, and if I just could put it all towards you and I'm saying, God, will you come into that? Will you enter into this? I need you. Look at me. See where I'm at. I need you. Restore brightness to me. So would you take a moment now and pray and just say, God, come. Ask him. Say, God, look at me. Say, God, restore me. And if you want to put specifics in there, go ahead. But, but ask God, look at me. Ask God, restore brightness to my soul, to my eyes. Take a moment and pray that.
Finally, what lament does is that it remembers God. First part of lament is that it just comes to God, saying, God, just the very fact that you're there. Second part of lament is bringing your heart in all of its honesty to him. The third part of lament is asking God to come into all of your heart. And then the fourth part of lament is remembering who God is. It's remembering him. And see, this is the movement of lament that God teaches us and that we need in our lives. Here, here's the last part of what he says. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. It starts with but. But is saying I've got all these different things, all, all the things that he mentioned before, where I, I, I've got my feelings about God. I've got my feelings and the pain that I'm feeling in myself. I've got the circumstances around me and what are happening there. But instead of letting that control me, instead of my feelings with God control me, instead of my emotions and my feelings and myself controlling me and dominating me, instead of my circumstances controlling me and dominating me, I will not be enslaved to that. But, he says, I have trusted in your faithful love. And God's faithful love, when, when the Psalms especially, but throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, when it talks about that, the Hebrew word, chesed, means God's covenant faithful love. It's not just you know, God's emotional love. It is, it is his covenant love to us where he has said, you are mine. And like a marriage, I have a covenant with you. I have pledged myself to you till death do us part that I am yours and you are mine and I will be faithful to you all the days of your life. It is his covenant love written in stone. It is his covenant love written into law. It is his covenant love that he has displayed in here with Israel time and time again in saving them from the Egyptians in the Exodus story, in delivering them from their enemies, in showing up over and over again. That is his covenant love. And this is what David says Here's all of my emotions. Here's all of my feelings about you, God, and that I know aren't right, and my internal turmoil and the circumstances around me. But I've trusted in your faithful love that I know is with me all the days of my life because you've already shown it to me. I'm not right now relying on my feelings of you. I'm relying on what I know because I trust who you are and what you have said and what you have already proven, what you've already done. I'm trusting in that because I know your character and I know that you are true and I know that you are faithful, he says. I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know that you are for me. So I trust in that, even if I don't see. I trust in you. Even if I don't feel that right now, I trust in you. Even if the things around me seem contrary to that, I know who you are and I believe what you say. I trust in your faithful love because I've seen it in my past. He, he makes it not just God's faithful love in general, but he even says, you have treated me generously. You've treated me generously. And listen, you can go back in your life and look 
and see. And sometimes this is what I need to do and, and what we need to do is when, when, when the things around us feel awful, we have to say, okay, yeah, but I know that he has passed. I know he has treated me generously, not stingy. God's not a stingy God. He has treated me generously over and over again. He has proven himself in his word with his people and with me. And listen, Christian, for those of you that are Christians, we have more of this than David did. We have more reason to say this because we have Jesus who showed, God showed his covenant faithful love in the most extreme way possible by entering into humanity, by becoming a human. God going to the cross and dying for us saying, let me show you my covenant faithful love all the way to the end that I would die for sinners that are unjust. I would give myself to them. This is what he did on the cross. He lived the perfect life and he died the death that we should die saying, this is my covenant faithful love all the way to the end. Though we deserve death, he gives us salvation. He gives us grace. David has an experience of this, but we have even more revelation of this than he had because we have Jesus. This is what lament moves to, is remembering. Remembering God's covenant love, trusting who he is, what he has said, what he has done in our life and revealed in the Bible. And this is um, a, a trust that isn't just a, yeah, 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 I believe, just have faith. It's a trust that's a fight. It's a trust that is against the tide. It's a trust against our own experience and feelings of God, our own emotional problems and the circumstances around us. It's a trust that is the fight of faith saying, I will believe that this is who you are. Even if I don't feel it, I will believe. And in that, even if things around us don't change, we do begin to change. He says here that I will rejoice. My heart will rejoice. I will sing, even if presumably nothing around him has changed. But because he is now moving in the fight of faith to remember, I've got a God that loves me, that's always been and therefore currently is and always will be faithfully loving to me in the most extreme way. I, I can sing. Even if the things around me are burning down, I can sing. My heart can feel joy because I have moved from just a coming to God to now a rejoicing in who I know him to be and who he has shown himself to be. And so we can sing. So would you take a moment and pray? Remember who God is. Let David's words become your own. Say to him, God, I know that you have been this to me. Maybe you can remember even past incidences and say, God, I know this is the love that you have for me. Take a moment. Pray that to him now.
we all face trouble in our life. We all face difficulty in our life and we want something to do with it. Some voice, some soundtrack to go along with it. We want our pain to go somewhere. Lament is saying, take your pain and turn it into prayer. Real, honest prayer. Lament comes to God. It brings the heart honestly. It asks God to enter in and it remembers who he is. What are you facing? What's hard for you right now? What's difficult? What's keeping you up? What's messing with your emotions and your hurt? It can be inside. It can be the pain in our world outside with racism and injustice. It can be all sorts of things. What is it that you are facing right now? Use this pattern. And as we do, just as the psalm moves along, our hearts will move along to a restored brightness to the eyes to a deeper confidence. Sometimes it takes going through this to actually have a deeper experience of God, a deeper confidence in who he is and in his faithful love. Let me give you one application that I would love for us all to do this week. Will you write your own psalm? Take Psalm 13 and just use it as a pattern. I think even the fact that these are written down for us is actually an invitation for us. God is showing us one of the ways that we can interact with him, which is by writing down our prayers, writing down our laments. I would love for you to take this Psalm, Psalm 13, and write it into your own words, following that four-step pattern that we talked about. Make a Psalm of lament this week and pray it. Pray it and share it with God. I guarantee you that will be a gift to you both now and for probably years to come. We're going to take communion. And when we take communion, what we are remembering, though David felt, God, you have turned your face for me. God, have you forgotten me? David felt that. It wasn't true, but it was his emotional experience. Jesus on the cross actually did experience it. That God turned away from his son. Jesus cries out and says, my father, why have you forsaken me? Actually quoting a psalm. Because in that moment, as Jesus took all of the sins of the world and our sins on himself, in that moment, his, there was a severed break with God, where the sin on Jesus, God could not bear to be. And instead, all of God's justice and all of God's wrath was poured out on him. He experienced, exper he experienced extreme physical pain, extreme emotional pain, and a literal breaking spiritual pain with God. All of the things that David cries out, the emotional turmoil, the injustice and pain from others, and the pain with God, Jesus literally experienced. Why? For us. So we would never have to experience it ultimately so that ultimately we would always have deep fellowship and communion with God, so that ultimately we could have joy and not anxiety win out, that faith and hope is ultimate, not our suffering and pain, and so that our sin and the injustice that we experience is also not ultimate, but that Jesus would destroy Satan, sin, and death, our ultimate enemies, and one day restore all of the fallen world that we experience. So when we take communion, we remember his body broken for us and his blood shed for us. So that lament is not the final answer, but that hope and love and faith is. Would you pray with me as we close our time together? 
God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that we can bring all of our lament and our pain to you. We can honestly share with you because you honestly and truly care. And we can ask you to intervene because, God, you can intervene. You have the power to intervene. And, God, we can remember you and have faith because of who you have proven yourself to be. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.